Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined by Brandon Deutsch and Jake Dicker. We went from a couple of days ago having like six or eight people in the studio. Now we're on Zoom. Just my two guys here. Uh, Brandon, Jake, how are we doing? Man, I'm good. It's, been, it's, a, it's a beautiful morning, wherever you are. Yeah, Friday, exactly. <laughs> the weekend. Yeah, we're getting close. This uh, MLB events start tomorrow with the, the Futures game, the Celebrity game. Um, and then we roll it right into the weekend. Should be a really fun couple of days. Exactly. And you two are the perfect to uh, talk to. Uh, you are what Rob Manfred wants. Young baseball fans. We don't really have that. The uh, the, the um, average age of probably baseball fans are up in their 60s. But you guys are kind of like they're hoping for more young fans. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, Brandon. Pacers offered DeAndre Ayton a four-year, $133 million contract sheet. It was quickly matched by the Phoenix Suns, who have been adamant in the past about not paying Ayton more than $30 million a year. How does this affect the organization's future, and would you have made the same move? So the Suns had to match the uh, deal, and DeAndre's lucky that at least the Pacers kind of helped him out by moving this process along. Uh, whether the Suns want him or not, he is a piece that they have to have. I mean, he is a young big um, you guys can probably touch on, you know, what exactly this means or what the guys are talking about in terms of perhaps a KD trade. But, you know, this was a this was something that the Suns had to do. You could not lose DeAndre for nothing. They were in a position uh, that, that, that they could um, keep him. Now, listen, if they keep him, they're still we have to re- re- remember they were the number one seed a year ago. They were in the finals the year before that. I mean, like if the Suns had the same team I think that they have to tweak it obviously uh, it's not the worst team I, it's not like you know um, they're like in a tough spot but no shock there I, I, I don't know if that's the quickest that a contract has been matched normally teams allow it to linger the, 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 this one was extremely fast yeah um I'm with you 100%. I actually thought, I know Woj and Shams reported that it was going to be matched. I was honestly skeptical about the Suns matching it for for a couple of reasons. Like I mentioned, they've been adamant in the past about not giving Aiden 30 plus million dollars a year. So that'd obviously be $33.25 million a year. 
and they don't want to pay a center, right? But James Jones, in a couple interviews, despite what the internal reports have said, wants to keep this team together. At this point, they're not going to get Kevin Durant. Their best shot of contention was giving Aiden the money and seeing what happens. I know they can't trade him until January 15th, and we'll get into that in a second. But this was overall the right move. I like Aiden's outlook. I think this is not an overpay. I mean, this is a top, what, four center in the league. With I know he's a modern NBA center, but he, he's starting to shoot the 10 to 14 footers. You know what I'm saying? He's dominant in the post. So I really like it, but I was skeptical. And I went on TikTok and made a couple videos saying, I don't care what Woj Chomp say. I don't think this is, I don't think they're going to match it. And then, of course, the haters came back and said, this aged poorly, but it's all good because I got a hundred, I got tons of views because everyone was commenting this aged poorly. And I love it. I love all the hate. But Jake, go on. Yeah, I mean, you just don't see teams let their their 23-year-old first round pick walk very often. I mean, DeAndre Ayton averaged 17 and 10 last year. Like, this isn't some scrub that we're talking about. Um, I think keeping that team together, like Arash, you said, they were, it's not like they were a bad team by any means. Like, I mean, they were at the top of the Western Conference. They fall short. Yes, but I think they have the pieces, like the core pieces in CP3, Booker, and Ayton um, to come and play and compete in the Western Conference every single night. So I think they had to match it. I think it makes sense. And, you know, I think DeAndre can send the Pacers a fruit basket for kind of helping him move this thing along. If you're DeAndre, though, do you feel a certain way that that, 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 that the Suns have not committed to you and saying that we want you a part of this team long term? I mean, they, they basically had to wait till the Pacers gave him the contract. They matched it. But it seems like that they matched it because he is a trade piece. I, I could be wrong there. But if you're DeAndre, how do you view your relationship with the Suns right now? Yeah, I, I think mean, it's go, go, yeah, ahead, go ahead, Jake. No, 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 it's cool. Go for it. No, I mean, I think it's probably a little, it's got to be a little weird, right? Like yeah. walking back into a, a facility or a locker room where it didn't really seem like if they, if they could have given you a lot less money, they would have. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's hard because it's not like, as I said, the guy averaged 17 and 10. It's not like he wasn't doing what they drafted him to do, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's got to be, it's got to be weird walking back into that building and whenever they, you know, training camp starts up, right? Yeah, I mean, look, Jake, I'm with you 100%. They've been honestly quite disrespectful to Aiden. Monty Williams didn't even play him through the stretches of some of those big playoff games when I think he could have made a serious impact. Remember against the Mavericks in the first couple games that they won, Aiden was a huge part of that. When he put up 20 and 10, it was almost guaranteed the Suns would win that game because he had an impact on the offensive end as well as, of course, an impact on the defensive end. I agree with the Rosh here. I do think they still move Aiton for maybe a Miles Turner on January 15th. And I think it's possible. I think that's a cheaper move. The Pacers still are going to want Aiton. I still think this is going to happen. But a sign and trade obviously can't happen because of the restricted free agency. So I'm with it. So with DeAndre Aiton unavailable via trade until January 15th, and the Suns unlikely having the pieces to acquire Kevin Durant, where do you guys see Durant ending up now, and when do you see a deal possibly happening? I'm more and more of the belief that KD will stay. I just think that the haul that the Nets will want in return, and by the way, I am on the Brooklyn Nets side here. I mean, you cannot trade a transcendent talent for scraps, and I know it's not scraps, but like... 
there is no way the Nets are going to get back what they want. And with KD, I still believe that he's a pro, pro's pro. He's not Kyrie. I don't think if KD came back, he will be a problem for this team. I think that they have to find a way to move Kyrie. And I know this was a small thing, but these things don't happen by um, accident. When the Nets sent a, what is it, a picture of the team for potential season tickets, KD was included in the picture. Kyrie was not. So I'm beginning to think more and more likely KD at the very least starts the season with the Nets. And then we look to maybe January 15th, maybe the trade deadline, maybe KD gets moved. But again, we have to realize how rare it is. I mean, you almost have to go back to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for a top five player, top two, top three player being traded. And again, KD's not on a contract year. It's not like the Brooklyn Nets have to move him. So the more that I think about it, the more that I think KD will be back. And I think this is going to be a situation where KD has more incentive to come back if Kyrie's not on the team. I know people are saying like, oh, KD will want to come back if Kyrie's going to come back. I think it's the opposite. I don't think Kevin Durant wants anything to do with Kyrie Irving and the drama he brought last year. And obviously that was indicative of that promotional email where Kyrie wasn't on there and KD was. I agree with you, Arash. I think as of now, you know, the Suns never had an amazing package. They would have had to include Aiden in a sign and trade with the third team to get the compensation and players needed to acquire Kevin Durant because they were never going to part ways with Devin Booker. But who's the best team? I mean, the best team to, to get traded to now is the Raptors who weren't even on Kevin Durant's preferred list. They have the best package right now. And the Pelicans, apparently, I don't know if this is true, but according to Scoop, you know, one of the insiders from Pelicans, I don't know if you saw this, Jake, but Brandon Ingram, Larry Nance, and Picks was declined by the Pelicans. What a terrible deal, the, the decline by the Pelicans. I would have 100% done that deal, in my opinion. Um, but I'm also on the belief that the Nets are asking too high. I know Arash, this is a top three player, definitely a top five player if you want to go into what's going on. But he also couldn't get a game against the Boston Celtics with a pretty talented team. So I think that, and he's been injury prone the past couple of years. So I think that's where teams are kind of hesitant to give up a guy like Brandon Ingram. Then again, if I'm the Pelicans and I can see a Kevin Durant, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas type team, that's a team that could win the West. So I would have made that deal. But I do think uh, KD will be back in Brooklyn. And I think now we're starting to get, I know we haven't heard any Kyrie rumors, but we're starting to see that Kyrie may be the only one traded for, for training camp starts. Yeah, I uh, I saw the, the Brandon Ingram thing as well, which kind of surprised me. Um, but with DeAndre Ayton, he, they also worked in what I believe is a full year of a no trade clause into this deal, where after January 15th, he can basically have the right to decline any uh, deal that he's involved in, which I think is very big um, because now he has leverage um, in terms of where he can end up. And with KD, I mean, I feel like it just happens more and more by the day where I feel like he doesn't leave. Like Toronto's been pretty adamant about not wanting to include Scotty Barnes in a deal, which which would be their you know their main piece if they don't want to include guys like Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam. It's just you're never going to get exactly what you want if you're if you're Brooklyn. We talked about it the other day with uh, with when we were talking about potentially trading Shohei Otani and how you just you're never going to get that value back for what you're trading. And it, I feel like it's the same type of thing with Kevin Durant where it's he's so far and away better than any player you're going to acquire in a trade that 
it's just hard to gather the pieces where it feels like you're getting enough. It's where it, it justifies moving him. 100%. The Dodgers won yet again last night and will now play the Angels going into the All-Star break. Is this going to be an easy sweep for the Dodgers? Would this be a failure of a series if they don't sweep <laughs> the team that has gone 12-35 and 35 over its past 47 games? My favorite question every morning is Brandon saying, did you watch the Angels last night? Wait. Let me correct myself. Nobody watches this team. Listen, if Shohei Otani is pitching, I will definitely try to watch him. We as a group have to go see him. He is a transcendent talent, generational talent. Uh, so I definitely want to see him pitch and play. Um, I love, by the way, that this series is happening as we go into the break. A lot of people are are here now, so they'll be able to go watch those games. Um, I do think it will be a sweep. The way that the that, that the Dodgers are playing, like going into the break, is fantastic. So they should sweep, but you never know, right? It's the freeway series; something crazy could happen. But Brandon, you've watched this team. Like even though it went to t- ten innings, they were this close; they could not find a way to win. Yeah, they played a good baseball game last night. They still lost. The offense turns anemic when the pitching's good, and when the pitching's bad, the offense is great. That's kind of been like the thing for this team um so we'll see what happens they got patrick sandoval on the mound tonight against clayton kershaw i know we'll bring it up to duarte he'll probably say oh yeah kershaw's going to dominate him but if you've really seen patrick sandoval he's got the best change up in the mlb it's really unhittable so if he's on his game it's it that's when he starts to dominate he's been up and down recently which is why his era went up to 295 but this is the angels best shot at winning tonight against kershaw However, it's important to note the Angels cannot hit slow-throwing lefties. And I, I, I should rephrase that. Slow-throwing, like, first of still 91 to 94. But, like, you know what I mean. They cannot hit left-handers that throw under 97. They just can't. They can't do it. They've never been able to the past five years. But maybe much less left-handers. They can't hit anybody right now, right? So, I, I mean... Left-handed, right-handed. I mean, but lefties especially. Oh, my gosh. If Tim Anderson came in and pitched against the, the Angels... Luckily, he pitched yesterday. Oh, he would have dominated them. Slow-throwing lefties, they can't touch him. So, Dodgers are going to sweep the series. If you're going to call Kershaw a slow-throwing lefty, just put best to slow-throwing thro- slow <laughs> lefty of this generation. Just include that. But I was thinking about this last night. I've done. I've been doing this show with you guys for, what, like a month and a half? Yeah. I think our first show, we were talking about the Angels as potentially winning the AL West. <laughs> and then very slowly, it changed to... The Angels are a couple games back of a wild card spot, but they're fine. And now it's there, you know, we're, now we're talking about them, how we've been talking about them for the last week, about how they are blowing everything up. Um, but I wouldn't call it a failure if the Dodgers were to sweep this series. I mean, it's baseball, right? The best teams win about 66% of their games and anything can happen, um, especially when you're playing, you know, in, an, in the freeway series, which always tends to be a little bit of a hostile environment in Anaheim. Um, Anaheim, not Los Angeles, it's Anaheim. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they're 20, 20, what, 12 and 35 over the last 47. Like, that's not a team you want to lose to, but the Dodgers do have a tendency, especially this year, of, of somewhat playing down to their competition. Like, when, I mean, they've got swept by Pittsburgh, struggling against teams that they should should definitely be, be taking a series from. But, you know, anything can happen, but you definitely don't want to lose two games to a team that you're considerably better than and then have to sit around for four days during an all-star break and think about it. You definitely want to roll into that break on a high if you can. Yeah, and real quick, I mean, just because it's uh, the Friday show, you both will be going to the uh, draft. First of all, I love that the draft is getting this kind of a stage. Uh, If you look at the stage that they have in Los Angeles, um, 
it looks like the um, NFL draft obviously is not that kind of a draft. No one really knows the top prospects generally, you know, the the common fan. Uh, tell me, I mean, I think you, you guys will both be there on Sunday. Uh, uh, what can fans expect from the uh, draft? It'll well, be fun. I mean, we were walking down there the other night before the Sparks game, and I thought I was walking through Coachella with that stage. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's huge. But the draft, I mean, the issue with the MLB draft is that half of the top prospects are high school kids that if you knew, if the casual fan knew too much about it, honestly, it might be a little creepy. Um, <laughs> but in half of them are in college and college baseball doesn't get the coverage that, that other uh, major sports do. So, and also another thing is you're not going to see these guys for four or five years because yeah. they're going to go through the minoring system. So it doesn't yeah. get the attention that other major uh, sports drafts do, but it's a fun event. I mean, it's it's a it's a life changing day for half for you know all of these guys. Half of them won't sign. Half of them will go back to school or, or do whatever. But it's it's free, and I think it's I think it's MLB's way of trying to grow the game in a sense. Um, it's a, it was very I think it's very easy for them because they don't, it's not like their draft you can't attend it usually anyways. It's in like the MLB Network studios. Yeah. So I think yeah. having an audience having an audience um, and kind of giving people an insight to the game that they wouldn't usually have is, is a great move by, by Manfred, one of his very few good moves of his realm. Yeah, I agree with Jake on this one. Just going off on that, the main point there is you won't see these guys for four years if they're high schoolers and three to four if they're college, right? So you can't just go into this thinking uh, like other drafts, like, oh, we're going to see Paolo Bonchero, you know, <laughs> next year. Or we're going to see... You know, Garrett Wilson played for the Jets immediately. No, you're not going to see Tamar Johnson, Andrew Jones, like especially the high schoolers, or even Brooks Lee, college shortstop from Cal Poly, in the majors for another two, at least two to three, four years, right? So, but I love that Manfred is making this a huge event. I'm I'm completely with it. Jeannie Buss recently echoed a statement Rob Palenka made by saying, we're not done yet, our roster is not complete. And in the Lakers, regardless of whether they will get Kyrie Irving or not, we'll be making moves before training camp. What moves or players do you think the Lakers will be looking at? They have to make a move. I, I do think Kyrie happens at some point. And if, and if the Lakers are lucky, it'll happen before the season. I do not want to go into training camp with the awkwardness of Russell Westbrook and LeBron James on the same team. At Summer League, it, it was crazy. Like, I knew that they weren't on, you know, on the best of terms. But the fact that they were both on the court during the Summer League and and didn't even cross paths, didn't even kind of just pretend in front of the cameras, it looked bad. And so the fact of, uh, you know, just to think that they may share the same locker room, the same court, I, I, I think that the Lakers have to make a move. So if it's not Kyrie... They got to be looking to make some kind of a move because, listen, they, they can say what they want publicly. They cannot run it back. You cannot run back a below 500 team. That's not happening. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100% Arash. I think even if the Kyrie deal doesn't happen, which I still think it does because Kyrie wants to be a Laker again. I don't trust that New York Post article, not because it's the New York Post, <laughs> because it's in New York. And that's important to note, like that's probably a leverage play by Kyrie or the Nets. But I have to say this, Miles Turner should be could be available via trade, Buddy Heald could be available via trade. And both San Antonio and Indiana have 30 plus million in cap space to take on a bad contract like Westbrook. So look to them. Rob should be on the phone right now trying to get engaged in a three-team deal 
especially with Kyrie Irving thing. So I think that is that's definitely possible. But they need shooting, regardless, oh. right? If they get Kyrie Irving, they need Joe Harris along with them. So they need yeah. shooters. Yeah, just echoing what Brandon said. Those those are the names that are on kind of on my radar as well. They've also, you know, been linked to potentially acquiring Patrick Beverly, which I don't know how much that accomplishes. Um, but you know, Miles, I think Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are the two names that everyone's been floating around. Um, if a Kyrie deal isn't isn't in place, and with uh, you know Indiana not acquiring DeAndre Ayton, him going back to Phoenix, I think it makes that move even more likely. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, here's the thing about it. Rob will make me a deal. When I was at Summer League, I talked to some some folks who are in the know about Rob Palinka and how he's perceived. And the general consensus is Rob will get nervous at the end. They're going to drag this out and he's going to give up more picks than he should. And, and listen, if you're a fan, like, I have no problem with that. If, if, if this is between them getting Kyrie and not having a pick in 2029 I know that may be a very high pick they have a championship window right now they have in my view when they're right two of the top 10 players so if you can get Kyrie and make this deal happen I am all for that all right let's leave it there for now when we come back we'll be joined by our good friend Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles when we return right here on the mightier 1090 in Southern California the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And today, the Sports Map Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline. 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circa Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details, and here he is, our good friend from KNBC4 in Los Angeles, Michael Duarte. Michael, how are you? Rosh, it is officially MLB All-Star Week. Uh, here in Los Angeles, it officially starts today on Friday. So I am very excited to partake in all of the MLB All-Star Game festivities going on. So I'm going to throw you a softball just to kind of begin this. Uh, what are you looking forward to most? Again, we have the home run derby. We have the futures game. We have the celebrity game. We have the game itself on Tuesday. What are you looking forward to most? 
Yeah, thank you for the softball question, especially because <laughs> in honor of the celebrity softball game taking place on Saturday at Dodger Stadium, which I will be at, not playing in, but be at to talk to some of these guys like Bad Bunny and Brian Cranston, one of my favorites, Walter White himself. Uh, but I am most looking forward to, I think, Rush, the home run derby. We talked about this before. Uh, we did not know the field then. We know the field is set. We got Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, the two-time defending champion, back to try to defend his title. I like that of him hitting bombs at Dodger Stadium. Albert Pujols, uh, Tio Alberto, giving hugs out to all the all those contestants. I like that. Kyle Schwarber, a favorite probably uh, to win the Derby. Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr., two young studs in the Derby. And I was telling you last week, it'll be interesting to see if Will Smith made the All-Star game because I knew he has not yet. Uh, it would be interesting to see because he said he wanted to participate in the Derby if he did. No other Dodger said yes, as we talked about last week on the show. So I said I'd like to see Jock in it as like an old friend, like a throwback. Instead, they're bringing Corey Seager, the 2020 World Series MVP himself, to also hit bombs back at Dodger Stadium. I'm sure he will get the loudest ovation among the Dodgers fans. So I'm looking forward to watching the Home Run Derby and to see if anybody can hit it out of the stadium completely, a la Giancarlo Stanton. Michael, you kind of touched on it already, but there is no participant in the Derby from the host team for the first time since 2012. Uh, do you know if any Dodgers were offered slots and, you know, if they turn them down or if they just went in the opposite direction um, with this year's Derby? Yeah, we talked about it last year. Uh, sorry, last week on Arash's show. Uh, they asked Mookie Betts. Obviously, he's one of the home run hitting leaders in the National League. Uh, he turned it down, especially he wants to rest that that cracked rib, and, and he's going to be starting in the All-Star game the next day on Tuesday. So uh, the most rest he could get uh, during this little stretch here to kind of rest his injuries and, and that ailing rib he wanted to take. After Mookie Betts, they then asked Freddie, uh, excuse me, yeah, Freddie Freeman. They asked Freddie Freeman if he'd like to do it. Freddie Freeman also turned them down. One, he's not an all-star yet. Uh, the man has more hits than a contract killer. And they still haven't given him an all-star selection, which I think is uh, is a travesty, to be honest with you. But uh, he turned it down. He said that he does want to participate in the Home Run Derby one day. He would absolutely accept down the road. Obviously, that won't be at Dodger Stadium. But he wanted to wait until uh, his other two children would be a little bit more older uh, and could watch and, and understand what's going on uh, and be a bigger part of it. And then the third person they turned to was Will Smith, Dodgers catcher Will Smith. Obviously, he hit a bomb uh, in St. Louis here uh, during the week in that little three-game series the Dodgers took two or three from. Uh, he said he would be interested in doing the home run derby, but only if he was selected to the all-star team, uh, probably because he has vacation plans if he isn't an all-star. <laughs> and if he is an all-star, he'll stick around. But he has not been named an all-star uh, as of the recording of this podcast, as of Friday. So. Um, those were the people that they asked on the Dodgers. So it's not for the MLB lack of trying and trying to get a hometown Dodger player in the Derby. Uh, it was just that the guys they asked turned it down or had their own stipulations attached to it. And so I guess Corey Seager is the, the best consolation prize. And, and talking about what Will Smith said, so for listeners out there who might be like angry that Will Smith isn't going to be in the Derby, uh, Corey Seager was not an all-star until some weird loophole uh, put him in on Thursday. George Springer was voted on by the players as a player selection, but they picked too many outfielders, I guess. And so they needed an infielder. So MLB stepped in, took George Springer out, 
uh, because of the too many outfielder clause and put Corey Seager in. And then I don't think it's a coincidence within minutes of Corey Seager being named an all-star. So therefore knowing he'll be on a flight to Los Angeles, uh, probably a Sunday that he would also be participating in the home run derby as the last and final participant. So I think he had a stipulation also saying, yeah, I'll do the derby only if I'm named an all-star. And obviously that happened. So the dominoes then fell. 100%, Michael. Also, Corey Seager's been one of the hottest hitters in the bigs over the past couple of weeks. So I think he deserved it. I'm more out on like, how did Austin Riley not get an all-star selection with 25 home runs, Atlanta being almost in first place. I know they're like a game back of the Mets almost the league leader in RBIs and hitting 285. But I wanted to ask about Otani here. Arash and I and Jake and Armand in the, in the team, we've been talking about Otani starting the All-Star game. I think he's the best pitcher in the American League this year. I know Shane McClanahan is fantastic. But Otani, he's given up like one run in the past, I don't know, 45 innings, some some crazy like that. And he's had four straight games with 10 Ks and six innings pitched. He's hitting the ball well. What do you think? You think he starts versus a Tony Gonsolin or a Clayton Kershaw? I know Al Cantara is the favorite to start, but I think you're at Dodger Stadium. You kind of have to go with Gonsolin or Kershaw, and I think it'd be great if it's a freeway thing and you put Otani on the mound. Yeah, so from the American League, I think it'd be great for Otani to start. You know, Speaking of what you were talking about, yeah, I think it's one run, but since June 3rd, when Otani pitches, the Angels are a perfect 6-0. and when someone else pitches, they've they're six and twenty-five over that same span. And fun fact: speaking of the home run derby, they asked Otani to participate in the home run derby uh, this year. He declined. He did not want to be a part of the home run derby. So, um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, I, I think he's the obvious choice to start in the All Star game. I really, really do. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if he actually. Uh, accepts it if they were to ask it. And I think it, but I was doing the math in my head yesterday because here we are Friday, uh, and I don't know when fans will be listening to this, Arash, hopefully mostly Friday, but if anybody yeah. tunes in you know, after the fact, Clayton Kershaw is expected to pitch on Friday night uh, in Anaheim uh, against the Angels. And if you do the math, that's only going to give him mm, three days rest, I believe, right? until he was supposed to be starting the all-star game. He's the favorite, I would think at this point to start the all-star game followed by Tony Gonsolin. But the way it lines up, Tony Gonsolin would be ready to rock on full rest. Whereas Clayton Kershaw would be pitching on three days rest, uh, which isn't ideal for someone of his age. I, I mean, if you're just going out and throwing an inning, maybe it's not a big deal, uh, but I still think just for the optics of it, the nostalgia of it, and the fact that he's never started an all-star game in his career, which I thought was very surprising when I heard that stat, uh, it would be the perfect time to see Clayton Kershaw start at Dodger Stadium uh, and hopefully just face three batters and then come out and, and then eventually see Gonsolin in there. But yeah, I would love to see Kershaw versus Otani. I think that'd be a great, great, perfect matchup, starting pitching matchup for the all-star game. Yeah, you, you, I mean, my guess is he would only go, what, like one inning or two innings. So I, I don't know if he needs full rest. But the great thing about you, Michael, is that you don't just go to the games itself. You really immerse yourself in what's happening in Los Angeles. You, uh, you know, you, you're you're from here. And I do like the fact that Major League Baseball is taking over downtown Santa Monica, Dodger Stadium. Um, what does your 
schedule look like? Will you be at the draft? By the way, Jake and Brandon are going to be two of the youngest people who are very excited about the draft. I had no idea about the draft. I mean, I, I really don't know who these kids are. And again, we, we probably won't see them for, for quite some time. Will you be at the draft? What else will you be doing? Well, I won't be at the draft physically itself. I probably will go to downtown LA Live at some point on Sunday during the draft. They're having a draft after party uh, at Novo, I believe. Nova, the restaurant there over by the bowling alley. So uh, I will be partaking in that as we, you and I just talked about um, as far as like some of the after parties. But here's my schedule because that is the $100 question, right, Arash? What yeah. is our plan? So, well, like I said, this podcast is, is recorded on Friday. Uh, Friday, I will be, Friday is the kickoff. This is when the the Santa Monica Pier, uh, what they are calling uh, All-Star Oceanfront, I guess is the official name, is opening up. So my plans today are to head over to the official MLB All-Star House in the Hollywood Hills today. Uh, then I'll be heading to the MLB All-Star Oceanfront to kind of get a tour and see what that is all about. Uh, they're going to be doing yoga on the beach every day. They're going to be having batting cages on the beach, fields for kids to play in, sandcastle competitions. Uh, a nonprofit organization called Heal the Bay will be cleaning up the beach with volunteers who want to clean up the beach. Uh, Tops just contacted me, the baseball trading card company. They have a pop-up truck where they'll be giving out free baseball cards and free top swag oh. for anybody who comes in. All of this kicks off today. And then tomorrow at 10 a.m. is the grand opening uh, of MLB Playball Park, Capital One Playball Park. I got to get the sponsor's name in there. Rosh, you taught me that. Uh, that's, kicking off, that's kicking off Saturday morning. And I don't know if you got to do a little hard hat tour of that yet, Arash, but that's at the convention center. They have yeah. murals up. They have giant baseballs. It is essentially like the NFL experience, uh, which we just witnessed at the Super Bowl in February at the convention center. They also took over LA Live area, and they also took over, uh, speaking of the SB's after party, they also took over the top of the parking lot that's located adjacent to LA Live and the what used to be, I guess, the Microsoft Theater or now is the Nokia Theater. So where that that after party used to be up there on the rooftop yeah. is now fields and all taken over by MLB. So that takes on Saturday. Uh, that opens up for fans all day long. They're going to be black parties, music, giveaways. They have all these uh, legends of the game going to be there, signing autographs, meeting fans. So that's going to be exciting. I'm going to head over after checking that out on Saturday back to Dodger Stadium uh, to interview some of these celebrity softball players who will be competing. We mentioned Walter White, uh, Brian Cranston, uh, Rob Lowe is participating, Bad Bunny, uh, Jojo Siwa, among others. So uh, the, wit, the, the, wit, the Miz, excuse me, from, from WWE, Arash, we know the Miz well. So uh, these, are the, these are the participants. I'll be talking to them. The Futures game's going on, so we get to see Bobby Miller and Diego Cartaya and Miguel Vargas. Uh, Sunday, as you mentioned, is the MLB draft. I'll be checking out the after parties for that. Dodgers don't select, I believe, until 40th overall. So a lot of time before we get to see who the Dodgers select there. Uh, and then Sun uh, Monday, obviously the home run derby will be excited about that. There's a couple after parties going on. David Ortiz is throwing an after party that Whoa. will be attending Monday night. And then Tuesday, the Midsummer Classic itself. Another after party after that. And then, geez, Wednesday is the ESPYs. And then, obviously, you know, the after party after that. So it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a busy week all kicking off here on Friday. I 
love it. This is great. Michael, by the way, you got to get on TikTok. Cause so the uh, kids are on TikTok. And so like today would be a perfect day for you to start where you're beginning up in the, um, ho- in the um, Hollywood Hills. Then you're going to Santa Monica. You're doing yoga. But listen, I mean, like your schedule. That's why I'm, I'm just going to follow you, Michael. And wherever you go, I'm going to be there, too. You have a day in the life. Always day in the life with after the life of Michael Michael Duarte. Hey, also, also, Michael, you have to understand. So many there's a clear path for you on TikTok right now with baseball this weekend. Not as many baseball creators as like basketball guys like me and football guys like me. So you could do it, especially with that tank top right there. Show off the muscles. Get a couple female followers too. You're chilling. Well, it's funny. I was just having this conversation with a, a friend of mine, a younger friend of mine who's also on TikTok. The plan is to put my dog on TikTok. I uh, <laughs> could do it too. That works. Doing, that all, work. doing all the stuff my dog does, which is amazing. Uh, during pr- Amazon Prime Day, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday of this past week, I purchased a bunch of like buttons. So I'm going to teach my dog how to talk. So she can like <laughs> hit hit a button to communicate, which means she'll probably be hitting the food button all day, every day, nonstop. Because that's what she's <laughs> obsessed with. But yeah, that was the plan: is to just teach my dogs cool tricks. Like she rides motorcycles, she paints, she swims, she does all sorts of tricks. So maybe start with her; she go yeah. viral. Then maybe I'll do my baseball blog. On <laughs> Michael, I got a question for you. Um, the futures game, as you mentioned, is Saturday for the average fan that may not know too much about, you know, the Dodgers farm system and guys like Diego Cartaya, Bobby Miller and Miguel Vargas, who will be playing in this game. What should they know and what is to love about these three guys who will be taking the field? Well, Jake, that's something you should be writing about, right? With True Blue. Congratulations <laughs> on that, because that Thank is you. absolutely what that audience uh, for the True Blue loyal fans like to see. They like to talk about the upcoming prospects. What they're going to see, in my opinion, is Walker Bueller 2.0 uh, or something similar to that. And Bobby Miller, he was a first round pick out of Louisville. Fans got to see a brief glimpse of him in the freeway series, the three game exhibition series that took place before the regular season, uh, before opening day. Uh, he got to pitch at at Dodger Stadium against the Angels in there. And in my opinion, he pitched really well. I think he struck out Otani uh, at one point. I think that was the highlight of that game for him, he said. So uh, he looked really good. So they're going to get to see, you know, a frontline starting rotation pitcher for the Dodgers potentially sooner rather than later. He might even be called up to make his major league debut as soon as next season, uh, but they'll get a glimpse of him in that game. Diego Cartaya is probably a little bit further off. Uh, he was promoted to, to high A this season, but he is just hitting bombs. So if you want to see a left-handed power hitting catcher, uh, Diego Cartaya is your guy. I can't really tell you a comp um, uh, of him very well. Maybe Yasmani Grandal, but that doesn't do it justice because he's a much better defensive catcher as well. But he's a little bit further off than Bobby Miller. And then, of course, Miguel Vargas, a guy that they've been putting in the outfield recently. He's a guy that we might even seen called up you know this season he's much closer to to being seen in the big leagues uh than any other player participating in that game for the dodgers but uh, i like i like this futures game prospect because it's not just like your top prospect one two and three they take a guy from single a double a triple a the guys that are most talked about the hottest guys uh 
that are on uh, the radar of fans even, and they put them in this showcase. It's only a seven-inning showcase. It's not a serious thing. It's an exhibition. Of course, the Dodgers will be playing in Anaheim at the exact same time that this game goes on, ironically. Uh, but I still think if fans are coming out, especially to go see Bad Bunny play softball or the celebrity softball game, or if they're going to go see the Becky G concert at Dodger Stadium afterwards. Uh, so this tells me they're targeting the Latino audience heavily uh, at Dodger Stadium for Saturday's showcases. Uh, you're going to see, in my opinion, three guys that within the next three years, you'll probably see in a Dodger uniform at the major league level. So that part about it is pretty exciting. Yeah, Michael, I know we've been touching on baseball, but I wanted to ask about the Kyrie situation here. Arash and I and Jake discussed earlier in the first segment that, you know, there's kind of frozen talks right now, not hearing much on Twitter, but that Rob should be able to get a deal done for Kyrie eventually, even if Kevin Durant stays in Brooklyn, which I think is looking more and more likely. What are your thoughts here? What, what do you think is going to happen in the coming weeks? Is this something that's going to drag on until training camp or do you see or envision Kyrie being a Laker or what other moves do the Lakers have if they don't get Kyrie? Guys, you guys should be telling me, right? Kyrie was at <laughs> Summer League with you guys uh, last week. So uh, you guys were closer to him to, to ask him these questions than I was. And I'm not sure if it was Kyrie Irving or the lead singer of Jamiroquai uh, at that game. But but anyway, uh, this Kyrie Irving situation with the Lakers is as tangled as my grandmother's knitting ball of yarn. Um, and and it, it just keeps adding more and more string to it, it seems like, as the days go on, as we start to hear leaks as far as what uh, the Nets want in return, what the Lakers are willing to offer, plan Bs, plan Cs. And then, of course, it doesn't help when you have Darvin Ham at Summer League sitting there talking so great and boasting about Russell Westbrook and how he wants to play with Russell Westbrook, but yet you have LeBron and Westbrook sitting on opposite sides of the <laughs> summer league court and not interacting. And then you got in like dark alleys and dark corners, corners, Sean Marks of the nets and Rob Palinka talking in a dark, uh, little <laughs> crawl space with uh, with, with Wojanowski Woj waiting in the wings for, for some sort of Woj bomb. Look, as, as Palinka said during that summer league, that is a great time for GMs to get together, start talking about these things face to face, start seeing what deals look like, what packages look like. And don't, don't take this DeAndre Ayton uh, offer, which was the largest offer in NBA history. Uh, don't take that for granted because that a lot by, by, by the sun's matching that offer sheet. It allows them to potentially be a part of a Kevin Durant trade if the Nets are interested in that now. Uh, it takes the Pacers off the hook for that. For if they were going to spend this money on an actual center like this, maybe they wouldn't be looking to rebuild. So now that they've traded Brogdon and some other guys, maybe you could see them uh, you know, trading away Buddy Heald, which is a backup package. I know the Lakers are interested in as well. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets have a potential deal with for Gordon Haywood and somebody the Lakers could make. So it seems like we are all sitting around waiting for the Kevin Durant domino to fall. Uh, now that the DeAndre Ayton thing situation is resolved, maybe the Suns get in on this Durant sweepstakes. Maybe they don't. But to me, it seems like that domino needs to fall first before a Kyrie to the Lakers deal can happen. But he wants to be a Laker. He's letting everybody know that he wants to be a Laker. LeBron, the Lakers want him to be a Laker. So to me, um, it's inevitable that it happens. Uh, I think we just have to wait for the Durant situation to resolve itself first. No doubt about that. I mean, I, th this trade, in my view, will happen, whether it happens 
in July or August. At some point, this deal will happen. I think it helps Brooklyn, quite frankly. I think it helps the Lakers, obviously. And I think at the end of the day, Rob will have to part with more than he'd like to, but that's fine. That's fine. The Lakers will once again go into next season as contenders. Michael, you're the best. I will see you today and this weekend. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is a this is a Rosh Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.